Meseches Peya, Perik Dalid, Mishnaches, 4.8. The previous Mishnah had discussed the obligation to give Peya is something that is specific to an individual Jew. But if the harvest happened under the auspices of the Mikdash, if the temple owned the field at the time that the harvest and reaping, etc. happened, then uh, that harvest will be exempt from Peya like in Shecha, because of the Pasuk, which refers to things like Ktsircha and Kutzrichem, your harvest and your reaping. There are other uh, mitzvahs uh, regarding tithing, also refers to things like Diganecha, etc., and therefore it has to be an individual who uh, owns produce in order for that produce to be chayev in the various tithes of Truma, Meiser, etc. Therefore the Mishnah here says, Mishnah Ches, doesn't translate literally, but idiomatically it means the same principle that we just set up applies in another case. So kiyotzebo, that same principle applies in the following way, that hamaktish perosov, if a person gives his produce, he consecrates it and donates it to the base of Mikdash, and it becomes base of Mikdash property, ad shlobo onus prior to the time it becomes um, obligated in, in the tithing, I'll explain that more in a second, upadan, and then he reclaims his property by redeeming it from the from the auspices of the temple, paying the value of that field, whatever it is that he consecrated, and as it happens, if it's his own field, he would pay an extra chomesh, 25% um, of the value. So then, chayavin. Then, since the obligation to tithe the produce hadn't kicked in yet, let's say it's wheat, and the time to tithe the wheat hadn't yet occurred, so then once he reclaims and repurchases and deconsecrates his produce, getting it back from the base of Mikdash, when the proper time to tithe occurs, he'll have to do the tithing. And the fact that it happened to be in the hands of the Mikdash temporarily doesn't change the fact that the produce, let's say wheat, has to be tithed. Now, the exact translation of the word onus amaisris is a machlokus. According to the usual usage of the word, and the old Masechah's Maestras used it this way, it means while the produce is still attached to the ground, and when it gets to a certain level of growth that it's um, borderline edible. Um, so in the case of wheat, it would be having grown one-third of its total growth, um, etc. That's called Onus Maestras, and that's the earliest time a person could tie the produce if he so choose, and before that he couldn't. Uh, the way the Bartan learns it, here Onus Maestras is synonymous with the Gemar Malacha, the completion of the processing of, let's say, the wheat. <clears throat> And there, at that point, one must tie the food before he even eats it, derech um, arai, even as a snack. The differences in those two things are a little beyond the scope of what I want to discuss here in a concise mission on this topic. Um, however, the truth is that whether you learn that we're referring, we're referring to while the wheat still attached to the ground and it just hadn't even reached a third of its growth, or that the wheat has been detached and harvested at full growth and now brought in, and it hasn't yet had the last step of Gormalacha of Meruach Akris within the pile. It doesn't matter because the Lacha really is that a person needs to own the wheat in this case, both from the beginning, early period of Onus and Maestris, um, when it becomes a third of its growth, all the way till the Meruach Akri, the final step of Gormalacha within the pile, if it's to be obligated in, in, uh, in tithes, and therefore is no machlokus in practice, just simply machlokus in the the translation of the words of the Mishnah, brought to our understanding that Onus Amaisras here means Gemar Malacha, completion of the processing. The Rambam, um, however, learns it means, indeed, while well, still attached to the ground, and it's like one-third of the way, just starting to ripen. So, the Mishnah continues on, Mishabol Onus Amaisras, Upada'an, if the food had already had the Chiv of Maisras kicking in, 
let's say like the Bartanura, meaning it's already been processed, stacked, piled, Merucha Kri, and then he gives it, consecrates it to the base of Mikdash, and then Padan, he redeems it from the base of Mikdash, since the Chiyah already kicked in to tithe it, then of course he still has to tithe it, and therefore Chayavim. However, says the Mishnah, Hikdish, Ajlo Nigrum, if he is Makdish his produce, he gives it to the base of Mikdash, consecrating it prior to its completion, and the Chiyah of um, tithing kicking in, again, it wouldn't matter if we're talking about beginning of Onosomysis or the Gemar Malacha proper. Either way, it doesn't matter, but since it was in that essential intermediate phase, it was owned by the base of Mikdash. And then Gamran HaGizbar, the completion of the processing, the Gemar Malacha happened under the auspices of the Mikdash, meaning that the temple's functionary, the Gizbar, their um, agent, is the one who finished the processing. So now the process of stacking the wheat is completed, and since it happened under the auspices of the Mikdash, it's exempt from tithing. And then, and only then, after it's finished being processed, the Marmalacha happens, then um, the original owner redeems and his produce back for himself. Then, Paturim, then the fruit or produce, grain, etc., will forever be exempt from the tithes. Because the time that the, the tithe obligation would have kicked in, Hayu Paturim. They were exempt from tithing because they were not owned by an individual, but rather by the Mikdash.